Welcome to In The Lead Podcast with your host, Kim Harris, where we explore and expose topics that might impact or impede your ability to be a better leader. Boy, do we have a special treat for our listeners today. I'm pretty sure every developing, emerging, and seasoned leader will attest to having gone through their personal share of power struggles. Well, today we have special guest Danielle Harrell joining us to talk about the importance of avoiding power struggles. So join me in welcoming her to In The Lead. Hello, hello. I'm so glad to have joining us today here on In The Lead, Ms. Danielle Harrell. Thank you so much for joining us, Danielle. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and how you got to be where you are today? Okay. Good morning, Kimberly Harris. How are you? I am so um, thankful and honored to be here. Um, I'm very excited to be a part of your podcast. I've been listening. You're doing great things. And I'm very excited about where your career is going. But nevertheless, um, I have spent 20... 23 years in education. Eight of those years um, was as a secondary school administrator. Three of those years were with the Ohio Department of Education. Uh, One year was spent as the director of pupil services. For those who don't understand what that is, it is about students who are receiving special education services or any special um, initiatives throughout the school district. Because when you think about um, special education or the education um, continuum, you go from the most extreme student um, on the autism spectrum to the most gifted student. And that is the full spectrum of education. Mm-hmm. So um, being the director of pupil services, that is uh, that was my work. And I spent 10 years teaching, two years in Arizona um, where I taught English as a second language. So I do have a variety of experiences. You do. And wow. And Given that our topic today is on avoiding power struggles, I could just imagine that you have done your share of weaving and bobbing through some of those situations. And so I'm so glad to have you here today so that we can kind of talk about that for the people, because it really is important as we navigate this world, especially in the eras that we have in the in the light of COVID and the light of, you know, just people being really, really on high alert to some of the things that are going on in our community, we do have to get to a point where we can't avoid such struggles. And so I'm so happy to have you here today to talk a little bit about that. And so as you think about avoiding power struggles in your experience, what would you say under what circumstances those power struggles are most evident and how would you say we could avoid them? So what I'd like, what I, where I like to start is that um, power struggles exist in every relationship. So, and I think I like to think of all relationships as leadership relationships because it is our responsibility as people, not as educators, but as people to ensure that the people who we encounter learn and grow something from for, from us. Um, Teaching and learning is a reciprocal relationship. So uh, I can think about the power struggles I had as a teacher with elementary students. Um, As a novice teacher or even as a novice leader, I would think that um, 
I have to force this person to do what I want them to do. And they should do it because I'm a person in authority and they should do exactly what I tell them to do. Well, that isn't the case. If you are truly in a, a, a figure of authority, then you don't have to say it. You don't have to um, exert your power in order to create a situation where there are favorable outcomes for everyone. You have to uh, learn how to understand what the barrier is. And the barrier for that person may be different, but that is what that is what creates the power struggle. And for the person in power, it is, I want these people or this person to submit to my will. Mm. And they won't. We don't have to impose our power on people. We have to create the ability to influence them. Oh, I like that. And our influence should have them choose to do what we want them to do. Same. um, So again, when I think about power struggles, and that's why this topic was important to me, is it's even in your marriage, it's even in your friendships, um, you have to have the capacity to influence the other person to see your perspective and hope that will have a favorable outcome for the both of you. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, all relationships are leadership relationships. I thought that was really, really powerful um, because you really can see how your role of influence can have an impact on every single area of your life. And so I thought that was uh, that was really powerful. But when you think about I mean, you talked a little bit about some of the struggles that you have, but when you think about what is the most common struggle you've experienced personally? And, and what, what would you say was so harming about that? The most common struggle is educators acting on their um, intrinsic biases. Mm. Um, and when you have a, a set of beliefs about a particular person, um, religion, uh, ethnicity, you subconsciously act on those biases. And if you, if the person who you're trying to get to go in a different direction cannot identify those biases, it creates a barrier. And then the two are on polar opposites and they're struggling to achieve the same goal because potentially as the leader, I saw the bias, but I, as a novice leader, I didn't always have the capacity to help or lead that teacher to identifying their biases, seeing how they respond to it, being able to give them a mirror reflection of how they respond when it's a different person or a different student so that they could do something different. Instead, we, we struggled. Um, We struggled um, as a novice principal verbally. Uh, on on paper via email and sometimes even though I'm not proud to say but in in front of students Mm -hmm. because I believe the work that we're doing is so important that I want you to do it right and as a novice leader I thought my way was right I didn't know that I needed to create a situation where uh, the other person could see my perspective so we just struggled Sure. And given that you talk about that, I'm sure that you can identify for the people some specific techniques that our listeners could use today to avoid power struggles. So you talked a little bit about it, but can you expound on two or three specific techniques that they could use? So um, now, again, because I've spent a little more time in education, um, I am a proponent of videotaping. 
videotaping small snippets of lessons. So a teacher gets to see and reflect on their behavior in the classroom. It's not always that they're doing the wrong thing. It could be something as simple as um, spending more time at the front of the classroom and only teaching to those students or um, calling on girls more frequently than they call on boys Mm -hmm. or giving boys additional wait time. So if they're able to see themselves in that lesson, they can start to change their behaviors. That may not work. The next thing we would do was actually allow this person to see another teacher modeling those behaviors. So you allow them to choose teachers of their own, choose teachers who they think their teaching style is very like, uh, very similar to, allow them to go view those teachers. And before I send them, I have a series of questions that I am going to ask at the conclusion of those lessons or those visitations so I can see We've already videotaped what you did in your classroom. We see how you respond to different students or different situations. Then when you go see another teacher do that, see if you believe your responses are the same or you can see how something is different for you. If you still can't see how something is different after you've had, we videotaped your lesson and we give you the opportunity to see it in another classroom, then I start to think about... um, professional development, and also educational articles related to that topic. Mm -hmm. And when I find those topics, I like to look for three or four different organizations because I don't want you to feel like I am guiding your perspective one way. So we're looking at multiple um, avenues for you to find um, professional development or strengths and dealing with those particular areas. Yeah. Now, throughout this entire process, we're talking about having two-way communication as well um, because it's a learning process. It's not something that you expect someone to learn immediately. I think you were going to say something, Ms. Harris. No, no. I was really just really grappling with what you were saying in terms of how, how you would then go about finding some artifacts to support those individuals in that walk and in some different ways. And, and I, I like when you talked uh, earlier, you just expounded on it about creating an ability to influence them. And certainly by having the, that level of uh, artifacts and uh, those opportunities, that creates an opportunity rather for them to be influenced by you and by your leadership. And uh, I, I like earlier how you talked about that you don't have to exert your power. And so I could see that in your techniques that you share, it wasn't about you really exerting your power. It was about you using your influence to share with them so that they can in turn make a change to their process. Uh, And so I thought that was really powerful. And as you think about this, and I I know you're using your uh, particular examples in an educational format, which is so critical for us today because education has taken on so many different shifts and pivots um, in, in light of where we are in the world. And so when you think about that, what, what about this topic? What about avoiding power struggles would you say is so critical to leadership development? So for any sector, what, what, what's, why is it so critical? So one more thing that I wanted to add really quick about resources is Twitter. Twitter is an amazing place to find resources and think tanks about leadership in any realm. Um, just and, and not just pointing somebody to Twitter because Twitter is difficult for 
people of a certain age. <laughs> and I will say that I used to tweet. Uh, I used to tweet, but I'm not I'm not that much of a Twitter these days. It's so fast paced and so ever changing that I was just like, OK, I, I'll go there for for a few pieces. But I know we have some listeners who are avid Twitters, Twitterers or tweeters, however you say that. <laughs> you can learn so much from Twitter. Um, but back to your back to your question. Um, power struggles inhibit the work. They stop you from being able to work. They stop you from progressing towards your goal. They stop the the person who you're in the power struggle with Mm. from sharing their talents with you Mm. because you wouldn't invest that much time in someone if you didn't think that they were talented. And the goal is not to change their mind or to have them see it your way but to open their mind so that they can at least be able to see your perspective. Um, it is a waste of time. It is a fiscal waste of time, a human research time and, um, and, uh, academic waste of time, yeah. intellectual waste of time, that struggle that you're having, um, just, it just stops the work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to realize that the problem with the power struggle is you. Yeah. Yeah. For the people in the back. Sometimes the power struggle is you. Um, I remember in my leadership infancy, um, because data is my thing. I am much better with data than I am with people. Mm -hmm. And what I started to realize is that as a leader, you lead people. Yeah. You don't lead the numbers. Yeah. You don't lead the statistics. The goal is to increase those numbers and those statistics. But if you don't get the people to follow you, you you limit your capacity. You cannot lead if nobody follows. Listen, so sometimes it's you. You are dropping some nuggets on this place today. You are today I'm truly dropping some nuggets and I I promise you, I hope the people are picking up what you're putting down because it is truly, truly (laughs) powerful when you learn where you can really improve and where you can do some things that influence other people's behavior. And so that, wow, wow, that's, that's powerful. We inhibit the work, power, power struggles, inhibit the work. That's going to have to be your tag. You have to coin that. That's going to have to be your phrase. I'll put your name behind that. No doubt, but they did that definitely does inhibit the work. So I do appreciate you sharing your knowledge about this. I know you're not going anywhere um, because mm-hmm. we definitely want to make sure that we get a, a idea of what you're reading and what's lit in your literature world. We want to make sure that we get an idea of that. But just before we do, we want to mm-hmm. just venture just a little bit into our other uh, segment titled Boss People Making Boss Moves. And this week, Michael Stewart of Ormond Beach, Florida, known as Coach Stu, is a boss making boss moves in his community. Guess what? Michael has been mentoring kids in basketball for more than 20 years. His life skills advice and crazy workouts have helped numerous kids to prepare for college level sports, 
and beyond. Not only that, he's offering skills camps and sports fitness and positively impacts hundreds of children in his Building Bridge program. And so, Danielle, I'm sure you will join me in thanking Coach Stu for being a boss and making boss moves for the people in the Palm Coast community. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. That is amazing. So thank you for joining us with that piece. And now that brings us to what's lit in literature. So Danielle, you have to share with me and the people a little bit about what are you reading right now? And how has it been influential in your walk? So I am reading three things simultaneously. Um, and what I would like to, you know, many people think that they don't have time to read. Many of us live in large cities and that commute is crazy. So listening to books on tape is a wonderful thing to feed your spirit, to feed your leadership style and to help you um, just incorporate some new ideas. So uh, not only am I reading, but I'm listening too. So I am reading um, White Fragility. Okay. I am reading The New Jim Crow. The Fire Next Time by James Baldwin. All three very important. All three touch on our current political climate. But and whenever I am reading or listening, I am thinking about how this can impact my leadership. Wow. So nothing is for naught. And that is something that I've learned as a um, later on in leadership. Everything I do is intentional. Sure. I am not caught off guard by things. Yeah. Um even when the unfortunate happens, I am going to be intentional about my behavior. So let me get back to my books. Um, because I have been in education for the bulk of my career, um, historically and currently, most of the, the teaching force is European American middle class women. Mm -hmm. And until you are able to understand their implicit biases, as well as those things that can be barriers to your success, um, you are unable to remove those barriers and limit those power struggles. So it was important for me to read White Fragility. And it is about um, why it's so diff difficult for white or European Americans to discuss uh, race and ethnicity and uh, systemic racism. Yeah. So it's a difficult read, but an important read. Yeah. Um, That's powerful. Then I'm, You're going to have me picking up that, that particular book because I'm always looking for opportunities to um, research leadership, leadership from different perspectives. And so just, but just by you dropping that little nugget, got you, you got me interested. I can have all not, other subscriptions except my audible. So that's you need to, to re-up your audible. And it's not about pointing the finger mm -hmm. at them, but all, but really shining a light so that they can see it. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that is also just a paradigm shift. I'm not pointing a finger. I'm shining a light. Sure. So that you too can see what's... And also, it allows me to see the biases that I have related to them mm -hmm. and how my biases could definitely um, become a power struggle or a barrier to our success. Uh, then the new Jim Crow, which I read once before mm -hmm. many years ago, and I'm reading it now. I'm rereading it now to see how it can inform my practice. And mm -hmm. when I'm thinking about dealing with people in, in impoverished environments, either workers or employees 
or students and parents, how to interact with them. Um, there's a lot that we don't understand, um, even if we grew up in an, because I was one of those leaders who said, I grew up in an urban environment. I know, I know what they do. Yeah. I understand. Um, yeah. I've been so far removed from that environment that I don't know what they do. Sure. I don't understand what they do. I have a perspective that is um, that of a upper middle class American, mm. not white, not black, but right. American. Right. And right. that is very far removed from where they are and how the legal system um, works for them. And the fire next time by James Ball, and although this is a reread for me as well, um, in light of the George Floyd situation and how Black Lives Matter kind of ignited a movement across the world, mm-hmm. a global movement, um, it just reinforces if we don't do things to bring each other together and remove the power struggles that even our Democrats and Republicans are having right now, because if the goal is to work for the people, then you need to work for the people. Mm-hmm. But they, they are getting in their own way. Um, there will be a fire next time. So, um, and then also we are reading, um, cultivating genius. Ah. That is a scholastic book. Um, it is about, um, an equity framework, um, Mm -hmm. that is culturally and historically responsive, um, literacy. Okay. You know, and what, as you were talking, what I hear ringing loud and clear as a trend is mindset. And really how you have to uh, really adjust your mindset to be able to read, not just those books, to be able to pull in and, and, and what, they're, what they're really trying to convey and how it applies to everyday life, how it applies to our current situations and how it applies for what's ahead. And so that, that whole idea about mindsets is so heavily connected to avoiding power struggles. Um, because you, you you have to be in the right disposition to be able to say, okay, you know what, this is this I, this is not even worth it. It's not worth it. So what is it that I have to do so that we can get the job done? And that's why I like uh, that's so powerful about what you said earlier in terms of inhibiting the work. And I loved it so much. In fact, that I started to think about what our question of the day was going to be. And just hearing you talk about the dangers of power struggles and your failure to avoid them, uh, a failure as a people to avoid those power struggles, we we crafted a question of the day just built on that. And so for those of you who are listening, I want you to glean into this particular question that we're going to leave with you um, of the day. Now we're not done yet, so just hang on, but it's hitting me right here and I want to make sure that I'm able to capture some of what Danielle is saying about those power struggles. So here's the question of the day. Who are you allowing to inhibit the work and stall your progress? Powerful. Powerful. So just keep in mind, um, those of you who are listening, that question is something that we want to share with you so that it generates your next steps. So as we're thinking about our next week, our next project, our next initiative, let's take a look at it from this standpoint of who are you allowing to inhibit the work and stall progress? And what is it that you need to do as a leader 
so that that doesn't happen and that you get to the bottom line. Now, just before we close our podcast this week, we cannot let Danielle go without hearing about her super mission. And so if you've been a part of podcasts or of our very first podcast, we always ask our guests to share the highest impact of what they're striving for. And in other words, what is the legacy of leadership that you, Danielle, are leaving to this world? Share with us your super mission. My super mission is to create equitable opportunities for for people who are parts of our population who lack advocacy. I want to ensure those politically mute populations get the opportunity and access to technology, healthcare, information, and academic resources so that they are able to compete globally. That is my life's work. I want people in all zip codes to have access to the American dream. That is powerful. That is powerful. And if you are anywhere in this particular universe, all you hear nowadays is equity, access, diversity, and inclusion. And so knowing that you are on that super mission, Danielle, I'm certainly hopeful that some listeners are going to join you in that plight. Can you tell our listeners how they can reach you, your social media handle? Well, um, I have to work on that for myself. Um, I I do. I have to work on that for myself. Currently, I am definitely on LinkedIn. um, And I'm actually on Twitter. And I advocate for Twitter for everyone else. (laughs) But um, I'm I'm one of those people at that age where Twitter is too fast for me. Um, It's the but the learning is so engaging. So let me look and see. I don't even know my Twitter handle. That's why I have to look on my phone to get it. That's okay. Um, That's okay. You're too busy tweeting to remember the handle. That's all right. um, It is at Ed Leader underscore DTH. So it's at Ed Leader underscore DTH. And um, my LinkedIn, of course, is Danielle T. Harrell. Uh, Kimberly, Ms. Harris, um, I really appreciate you having me here. I enjoy our conversation. You are supposed to surround yourself with people who have goals and dreams bigger than you. So I am glad that you have even allowed me in your circle. Thank you, Ms. Harris. Thank you, Danielle. That's so, I'm so appreciative of that, but I'm just so grateful for the scope uh, that you bring to education, the scope that you bring to equity and, and diversity. I'm so appreciative of your lens and how you were able to help us understand the perils of power struggles and how they will uh, circumvent the work from getting done. So I'm so grateful. I want to thank you for joining us today. I certainly hope that you are able to come back with us at some point because I know you have a lot to share. You've shared a mouthful with us today and I'm so grateful for that. So again, if you uh, need to reach Danielle, you can reach her on Twitter at at Leader underscore DTH. There you go. And for the people, thank you so much for listening and let's make it a great day. Well, leaders, we have just wrapped up season one of In the Lead with Kim Harris. Thank you so much for tuning in. Season two is scheduled to launch 
this September, and we have amazing guests and engaging topics to explore and expose as you continue your journey to be a better leader. Until next time, make it a great day.